Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of BSN Denver, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 16 of McChesney Unchained from the 6-0 Studios here at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. This place is called The Bridge. Whatever your goals are, we can help you build a bridge to that level. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. As always, thank you to BSN for all they do. This is on the BSN Denver Podcast Network, as always. Uh, McChesney Unchained, episode 16, is going to be... Very to the point, to say the least. The Broncos are on a bye week this week. Uh, you know, the Buffs are coming off of a terrible loss at Arizona Friday night. Uh, things are definitely glum in the Mile High City, to say the least, and on the front range. But I do think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that can be built on, a lot of foundation points that the Buffs and the Broncos can still build on going forward. So not all is lost, although it is very... Uh, you know, it's dark right now. There's no doubt about that. Um, <clears throat> as I said, I'm Matt McChesney, and welcome to episode 16 of McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Remember, you can always download the show on iTunes and, uh, you know, subscribe, and every time a new sh- show pops up, it'll pop up on your phone, and you can give it a listen. Um, we're going to go straight into this. You know, the, the NFL and the rap is always brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. Remember to use the promo code 6015 and you'll get a 15% discount on all the CBD-based recovery products. So make sure that you check that out at NeuroXPF.com. They bring you the NFL wrap like they do each and every week. Uh, I love the product. It's helped me a ton. Uh, I've already taken my MCT oil, extended release pills this morning, and... Uh, use my CBD muscle rub, the 1,000 milligram stuff is amazing. So check it out, neuroxpf.com. All right, right off the bat, my uh, upset pick of Tampa Bay over Carolina. Yeah, that was wrong, to say the least. Uh, Tampa Bay got their asses kicked. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dirk Cutter is fired uh, sooner than later, but one never knows. Uh, the, the NFL's a strange place at times. Carolina seems to me like... They got their shit together, man. I mean, uh, the, the Panthers are a good team. They run the football. They're starting to feature C-Mac, which I think is really smart. Christian McCaffrey is a future superstar, if not already a huge superstar in this league. Um, Cam Newton is a, is a monster, and I think North Turner is trying to adapt to him as much as Cam is trying to adapt to Norv. Um, I, I like the Panthers sitting at 6-3. and three. Mm-hmm. I think they're scary. You know, they're going to be – one of these teams in the NFC that has to go on the road, maybe. It's, it's going to be between them and uh, New Orleans, who's going to be that squad. 
Now, those those games down the road between New Orleans and Carolina are going to be absolute fistfights for the South. So the Falcons got a huge win. They're still there. You could get three teams out of the NFC South again in the playoffs. We'll see. Um, Carolina's real. Tampa Bay is not. Their season might as well be over. Uh, watch out for the Panthers, though. Uh, the Bears went to Buffalo and absolutely shit-stomped the Bills. Um, the Bills are not a good football team. Let's just call it what it is. They're terrible. Um, they know it. Everyone knows it. It's not a secret. Uh, it's amazing to me that they had a playoff caliber football team last year that they dismantled to get a quarterback, and now they're maybe the worst offense in football. Nate Peterman has 120 so pass attempts and 12 interceptions. That's not good. That's one interception every 10 passes, if my math is correct. Uh, the Bears look like they're in the driver's seat of the North. You know, Trubiscuits has got it together, and they've got a good defense. Mack didn't even play, and they ended up hammering Buffalo to go to 5-3 and three and sitting at first in the uh, North. They got Detroit this week. Uh, Atlanta went to Washington and beat up on the Redskins. The Redskins lost three starters. They lost both their guards for the season. They lost Paul Richardson for the season. And they went from five and three and feel, or five and two and feeling really good about themselves to five and three and feeling really bad about themselves. The only positive is that Dallas lost to Tennessee last night on Monday Night Football, so that gives Washington a little bit of breathing room, but not a ton. I mean, their their team is just beat to hell. They have nobody left. They're going to be playing a lot of backups and reserves, and that's not usually a good thing, um, especially as you get into the meat of the season. So they they could easily fall off, and who knows, eight and eight might win the East. And Philadelphia looks like the best chance to get out of that division uh, hole. Um, Washington, that injury bug is huge, man. They, they go get ha-ha Clinton Dix from Green Bay, and then they get into this situation. They give up 38 points. Atlanta is just executing up and down the field on them. Ben Garland was balling at right guard, got a start, played really well. Uh, you know, there's it's a Military Appreciation Week, as it is Veterans Day Sunday, so make sure that you understand exactly what Veterans Day is about. It's more than just barbecues. Say thank you for the freedoms that you have. Uh, the, the sacrifices of many uh, go to help everyone. Um, that, that's really what this country is built on is the blood and sweat and tears of others. So make sure that you say thank you to a veteran. And, uh, you know, Ben Garland's our community veteran in here. He's one of the first guys that I transitioned from defense to offense. And He's playing really well for Atlanta and has stepped in for them when they lost a couple of guards themselves this year and, and played really well. Um, and I know that Atlanta's sitting pretty at 4-4 four four right now. Washington's hurting. Um, I like the Falcons as a, as a squad. I think that they can be a really scary team. Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta are in a dead sprint to see who's going to win the South. So that's going to be a very interesting uh, final stretch here as they play their last seven. Um, they can score with anybody. Calvin Ridley sure does look like a good draft pick to put on the side of Julio Jones, but they have no defense, and that's going to get them beat in the playoffs, but they should get there. They seem to me to be one of the better teams in the NFC if they can figure out how to get a couple stops. Uh, Kansas City put on a screen and quick-throwing game show against the Browns, although the Browns made it a really good game. Um, from what I'm hearing, the sports books just took a beating, a beating, you know, they thought everybody thought that Kansas City would easily cover an eight-point spread on the road in Cleveland, and they didn't. You know, th there's just a lot of parity in the NFL. And honestly, the, the players and coaches don't think about the lines. So, you know, the only people that are thinking about the lines in the NFL are the refs. <laughs> so the, the refs are the ones thinking about the lines. 
not necessarily the players. Um, and, and this is a week where the, the refs couldn't interfere with the, with the Cleveland game. They did it in the Oakland game they interfered. They interfered in the Pittsburgh game. They interfered in the Ravens game with the Browns. So just they let them, they let them play, and, and it turned out to be a pretty good game. Uh, but uh, the sports books took a beating. Now, look, Mahomes. I think Mahomes is flat out the midseason MVP. I think he's going to end up being the NFL MVP if they continue down this road like they are. It's impressive, there's no doubt. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is doing a great job as the OC, but Andy Reid's the brain. Let's be real. Um, Bieniemy and Andy Reid are working cohesively together to try and get the run game and the pass game to you know working hand in hand so they both feed each other and help each other and it's working Kansas City again I I think it's I'm more scared for Kansas City in the playoffs because they always get to this point where they're really good offensively they've got an okay defense they get a home playoff game and they shit the bed I'm not saying that's what's going to happen this year but it's it's happened a ton in the past so why am I just going to sit here and blindly agree with you that it's not going to happen in the future um they still have Eric Fisher on the field. He's a liability at times, and they still have a very shaky defense with a bunch of aging, hurt veterans. Yes, when Houston and Barry come back, they will help, but they're still old guys now, and they've got lower body injuries that are chronic, and I, I just don't see them being great like they were. Uh, D Ford's a good player, far from a great one. He's very inconsistent. So Kansas City's got a lot to figure out defensively, and if they have one bad day on offense or somebody brings defense to the party, uh, in the playoffs, they're going to get beat. And I, I hate to say it, but it's, it is what it is. So Kansas City is a great regular season team. I'm very inter- interested to see what they do as the, uh, the the vice tightens and the season tightens up and the playoffs start. Uh, one more thing, the Cleveland thing with Greg Williams, how Greg Williams came out and said, oh, I've had several teams interested in me as a head coach. I've had to turn them down. Greg, you're full of shit, dude. Ain't nobody trying to give your – crazy ass a head coaching job you're a defensive coordinator dude the only team that would ever even think about giving you an opportunity to lead men as a head coach is cleveland and you're in an interim status uh you know you're too angry for your own good trust me i know what i'm talking about and you know i I just doubt that there's a whole lot of nfl teams that are lining up to give somebody who used to openly set bounties on people in games uh I, i really doubt that they're lining up just to give you a head coaching job and bro like you're going to turn down a head coaching job. Your ego seems about as big as the Zeppelin. So that's pretty big. That's a whole lot of hot air, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, I, I doubt that you would be turning down any head coaching jobs. So let's try not to uh, step in all the bullshit at once there, huh, Greg? Uh, the Jets and the Dolphins played the most boring offensive football game I've ever seen in my fucking life. It was terrible. 13-6, to and the only defense, or the only touchdown was scored on defense by the Dolphins. Um, it was a waste of three hours. Thanks for nothing. Uh, Jets and Dolphins, really, really nice. But then the afternoon games were pretty awesome. The evening game was awesome. So New Orleans beat the Rams 45-35. Now, a couple of questions. Number one, are both these teams really, really good on offense and really, really average on defense, or are they just both so good on offense that the defenses couldn't keep up on Sunday? Two, um, can anybody win in the Superdome other than the Saints? I mean, if they get home field advantage, it's over. Uh, the Rams sitting at 8-1, and one, they're still the number one seed, and they've got the NFC by the nuts. But, uh, again, it, is Marcus Peters too aggressive for his own good? 
is the cover one and cover zero scheme that Wade Phillips runs, just like Joe Woods runs here in Denver, or should I say Woods copied Wade, you know, cover one and cover zero tends to get you beat sometimes if you can't get home and if you throw the ball quick. And we've seen that here in Denver, and we've now we're seeing it in L.A. with Wade's system. Eight and one's a great look. They're, they're a good team, the Rams are, at eight and one. I, I like them. I think that they're going to be a handful in the playoffs. But last year, we saw Atlanta walk in there and play good defense and sew up everything in a playoff game, and they ended up winning in the Coliseum. And, and the Rams were super efficient and prolific on offense last year as well. So I'm just saying that this game may determine who has home field. Uh, the only thing I can say with me thinking the Rams are going to get uh, the one seed over the Saints is the NFC South is stacked with talent. The Falcons are going to be playing for everything every week. The Panthers are right on the ass of the Saints right now at 6-3. and three. The Saints are 7-2. and two. And, you know, the Rams are in the are in the NFC West. They get to play the Niners again. There's another win. They get to play Seattle again. They, that's a toss-up. They may drop that one. Who knows? But it's at home. They already won in Seattle. And they get to play Arizona. So that's some wins. You know what I'm saying? So, and, they, you know, it, it just seems to me like the Rams are set up to get the one seed. Um, I, I guess we'll see. But if New Orleans gets the one seed, I don't think anybody in the NFC can go into New Orleans and win. I just don't. I don't think anybody can go into that hostile environment where that place is shaking and, and stop the Saints. And I think Drew Brees is on a fucking mission right now. We're on a mission from God. Um, Kamara was balling the other day. Malcolm Thomas or Michael Thomas, excuse me, 211 yards receiving, just toasting up Marcus Peters in that secondary. They need to keep the lead back bad. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but it, I think both teams are real, and I wouldn't be surprised if that is your NFC title game just flipped, New Orleans and L.A. to play the Rams. Um, we'll see. Uh, now, the night game where we had Brady against Rodgers, it was it was hyped, you know. I thought both quarterbacks played well. Thirty-one seventeen, New England win. I thought for sure New England would win, and they did. Um, I, I'm not surprised of the outcome at all. Green Bay, I don't think they're a very good football team outside of Aaron Rodgers. They've got a ton of injuries again. That team is hurt all the time. Every year they're just dealing with mounds and mounds of injuries. Mike McCarthy is a guy who's on the hot seat now. Is his, is his time up in Green Bay? And if it is, is that a guy in Denver that you would realistically give a look to if VJ does end up getting fired, which I think it's inevitable at this point, even though it didn't happen yesterday and they're on their bye week. I think it's just because they don't have a an in-house uh, takeover guy. They don't have somebody that they can just hand the reins to. Mike McCarthy, is he a guy in Denver that, that, that people would be interested in? Does he want to keep coaching if he were to get fired in Green Bay? You know, they're 3-4-1, and one, so it's not as if things are all that great in Green Bay either. Um, but New England did what they do. New England is uh, on their way to 12-4, and four, tw- you know, 13-3 and three once again. Number one seed in the AFC, and I think it's inevitable to either get New England against New Orleans or New England against the Rams. And... I, I could be wrong. Carolina could sneak in there if they can win on the road maybe or they get home field. Who knows? Uh, but, it, look, the NFL, the beginning of the season, everybody thinks they got a shot. And then by week eight, it's kind of, okay, we got some good teams and we got some bad teams and then we got some middle of the road. And then by week 11 usually, which is coming up, you know who's who and who's going to the playoffs and who's not and you know who's going to be a team that's going to be hard to deal with and who's a team that you don't want to play on the road in the playoffs and things of that nature. So 
it's all going to work itself out here. Um, right now, I'd say that if I had to do a top five in the NFL, I would put, I'd go Patriots one, Saints two, Rams three, Eagles four, just because they're defending Super Bowl champion, they got back to 500, and I still think they're a good team. And then the Chargers at number five. Uh, and, yeah, I know I left the Steelers out there, and I left some teams with some good records, but I just don't believe in those squads. I still think Philly's a better team, even though they're only 4-4. Four and four. All right, so there's your NFL wrap uh, week nine, um, brought to you by our good friends at NeuroXPF.com. Uh, they bring you our NFL preview and our NFL wrap-up every single week. Go to NeuroXPF.com and check out the products and use the promo code 6015 and it'll get you 15% off on any and all CBD-based recovery products. Remember that we sell them here at the bridge at 60 Strength on the shelf. We're the only place in the state that sells it. 7101 South Fulton Avenue down here in Centennial. Uh, bring your ass down here and get yourself some of the uh, some some of the future of sports medicine. I really think that the CBD-based recovery product, the NeuroXPF.com, uh, and everything you see on the website there, I, I think it's the future of sports medicine. You know, the, it, it coats the neurons in your head and really helps against CTE and concussion syndrome. Uh, it's helped me a ton with the, with pain management, anxiety, sleeping, you know, just anything and everything that I would hope it would help me with, it has. Uh, so I highly encourage everybody to to try it out for yourself and see if it helps. From the muscle rub to the tinctures to the MCT extended release oil pills, it's incredible. So thank you to NeuroXPF.com for, for uh, helping us wrap up week nine in the NFL. And I'm, you know, I'm not happy about moving into this next part, but we're doing it. All right. The Broncos lose to the Houston Texans 19 to 17. Okay. Um, man. Look, I can't believe that they didn't take the opportunity to fire Vance yesterday. I don't get it. They've got a bye week. It's an opportunity maybe to change the tone a little bit rather than just hear the same message, which obviously is stale. I know the team played hard, but they're not playing smart. And whether it's an, uh, an offensive guy making a mistake one week or a defensive guy making a mistake one week or – not enough men on the field this week or that week or, you know, mismanagement of the play clock or mismanagement of the, the, the time in the game and your timeouts or <laughs> trying to get too much like he was the other day, chasing points, chasing points at the half but not chasing points at the end of the game. I just, if I'm a player in that room, I'm wondering what the – overall direction of our football team is I know we play hard I know we're talented when we want to be but we're so inconsistent it's unbelievable and the inconsistency it, it comes back to coaching for me and I'm not saying that Vance can't coach I think he's a hell of a coach and I, I, I respect VJ he coached me in college I don't want him to get fired but I know the nature of the National Football League I know the way it works I'm I'm shocked that this man is keeping his job after a 5-11 and season with an eight-game losing streak last year and a 3-6 and season this year where they've lost five of six. You know, I, I, I know that Mr. Elway and Matt Russell and Joe Ellis are not happy about this, so if Vance is just holding the, 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 you know, the, the spot in line for the next coach, and then he's a lame duck coach. If everyone knows he's not going to be back at the end of the year or 
you fire him after the Pittsburgh game. What what are we expecting to see over the next ten days here uh, uh, from the bye week? What is some miracles going to happen over the next ten days? And Vance's philosophy is going to start w- ringing true to the players, or they're going to start hearing it differently, or things are just going to change? No, it's just not going to change. It's going to stay exactly the same. It's going to be what it is. It's we had a good practice, but we, it's not translating to the games. And I think they could have easily won that game the other day. That Like they could have easily won the Ram game, and they could have easily won both the Kansas City games. What's the one consistent? It's, it, it's the coaching. It's bad play calling. It's bad situational football. It's, it's not trusting your gut. It's chasing points and playing uh, to, not to lose instead of going all out to win. You know, it's... It's going to get harder now. You've lost Ron Leary and Matt Paradis. That's not going to. It's not going to get any easier. You know, McGovern's going to move to center. He'll do a great job there. He did a great job there initially. I wouldn't be surprised if he's your future of the center position for the Denver Broncos if they don't want to pay the Cowboy, which I hope they do. I really hope Matt Paradis comes back. Sam Jones is going to dress now. I know Sam's ready. He's been busting his ass. Elijah Wilkinson's going to get a lot of playing time. Billy Turner's going to get a lot of playing time, and those guys are ready to play. You know, they're ready to go out and show what they can do. It, it, when it comes down to it, it's all about opportunity and taking advantage of it. That's why I have such a problem with it. it's Elway's fault. He can only give the opportunities to the guys, but he does pick them. Um, you know, I, I'm of the mindset that it's time to dismantle and rebuild with consistent pieces. You know, keep Vaughn, keep Chubb, keep Chris Harris Jr., you know, keep some of your young pieces on offense. Keep your young pieces on your offensive line. You know, obviously, Bowles and McGovern, uh, Sam Jones, Billy Turner. He's still a young guy, although he's unrestricted after this season. You know, keep some of your young pieces on defense. Gostas, you know, uh, Josie Jewell, Todd Davis just signed a big contract. Keep him around. But other than that, man, you've got to make some real tough choices. There's a lot of veterans that are going to be shipped out. And honestly, you know, after hearing Demarius' comments after the game about how, you know, he doesn't know anything about this or that, but they went over here. You've been there for four days. You're not part of them yet. But at the same time, you are. You're a Texan. You're part of that. You're 6-3. and three. You're not 3-6. and six. You don't have to deal with all that, whatever that is, over here with the Broncos anymore, Demarius. It's very telling for him to come out and say something like that. He's a vet that's been here for a long time. You know, I, I think that he was pretty pissed off about the way things have gone, and that's kind of like a portal into the front office and some of the coaching decisions. And Demarius didn't pull any punches, and you can look at it however you want. I'm kind of an Elway apologist. I don't, I don't think it's John's fault, but the more, the more that guys come out and speak negatively, especially when Demarius came out and said what he said, and then – I don't know. It's just some of the veterans seem pretty dejected, and they don't seem to think that this team's headed in the right direction. And usually the players are a portal to what's actually going on because they have such a hard time hiding their emotions. I mean, I I still consider myself a player, and I have a hell of a time hiding mine to the day. So, you know, I think that the players are giving you kind of a little bit of insight into what's really going on, and there's a huge break. There's a communication break going on. There's some guys that are not believing in the system or the coaching. Um, I think that there's a lot of guys on the team that don't really believe that, that Vance is the right guy. And when he talks, they don't. They kind of tune it out. And, you know, I'm say, I hate to say this, but professional athletes have the ability to tune people out. 
And when you're bad and you're hearing the same message over and over again and you're still getting paid and things, you know, you're just waiting for the season to get over with like the Denver is now, they tune it out. And unfortunately, that's what's happening. So at three and six, especially looking up at Kansas City and the Chargers with two to play against the Chargers still, season's over, folks. I mean, at three and six, you, I, I would hope that we'd be smart enough not to just go beat bad football teams that are just going to be ahead of us in the draft because we decided to win a meaningless game. It's time to tank. It's time to suck for Justin Herbert. It's time to suck for Drew Locke. It's time to invest in a one, two, or three overall pick in a quarterback. Put him out there. Keep Case Keenum around for another year and let him play next year and mold this young guy in. I don't care. Or not. I don't care. Just don't force feed me this bullshit about progression anymore and all that. Just go get a young, cheap gunslinger that wants to come in here and build this this franchise back t- from a quarterback perspective from the foundation that I thought they were at. You know, it, playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos means something to me. It should mean something to who to whoever's playing the position. I'm not saying Case doesn't want to be the guy. I'm saying Case is a backup quarterback, and I'm totally convinced of that now. I thought he was a starter. He's a backup. Sorry. He's a backup. He's next year's backup to the first pick. So do I want the Broncos to win anymore? No, I don't. I don't want them to win another game. Please, just tank. Suck, please. I don't care about beating Cleveland. I don't care about beating Oakland again. I don't care. I don't care. It's pointless. It's stupid. Stupid. And I don't think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. I don't think they'll beat Cincinnati. I don't think they'll beat the Chargers twice. So the good teams on the, on the, on the uh, schedule are going to beat us anyway. So why go beat a team you're going to be competing with in the, in the draft? What, so you can trade with them and lose assets to move up? Just to feed me this, well, we play to win the game bullshit? Uh-uh, not anymore. You're not playing to win the game. I hope you lose every game from now on so we can get the best pick possible so I can stop watching this mediocre bullshit at the quarterback position. And then find a young offensive-minded head coach or a young offensive-minded uh, offensive coordinator that's going to be re- able to relate to this kid and, and, you know, damn, be his roommate for all I give a shit. Move him into your basement so he knows what he's doing. But And then build and develop this young kid to the best of your ability. Use your draft picks and your collateral and move. And don't re-sign a bunch of aging guys if you don't want them around. If, if they're not part of your future or they, they're too much of a price tag, they got to go. And I'm sorry to say that I don't want guys to get cut and not re-sign, but shit, it's the nature of the National Football League. So there's some hard decisions to be made, man. Hard, 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 hard decisions. Now, looking at the game, <coughs> excuse me. You know, I I thought that there was some blatant screw-ups screw on offense and defense. The... 6-0 top six this week that I'm going to be putting up on bsndenver.com. Tomorrow, I'm going to get real in-depth about the Pac-Man to Simmons miscommunication on the touchdown to Hopkins. Pac-Man threw Justin right onto the bus. Simmons has been a huge disappointment. I thought he was a Pro Bowl-type caliber player, and he's just not. Uh, the first play of the game, offensively for the Broncos, they tried to get behind Garrett Bowles and run left and you know get behind the big Surly Perick at left tackle and he got driven six yards in the backfield, manhandled, and there was a TFL on the play. So I'll break down that play, too. It's really pissing me off watching 72 struggle out there because it's so fixable. Everything he does is fixable, and, and it's just it's such a, such a challenge watching him make the same mistake over and over again and not fix it. I can only imagine how Strasser and Krugler feel because I know they're coaching him up every day. 
So, you know, we'll elaborate on that a little bit more. Um, when you're looking at Matt Paradis being gone and then Leary being gone, the last two home games they've lost two of their starting offensive linemen. Matt Paradis, man, that's a huge loss. The Cowboys about as good as they get. I, I love Matt Paradis. He's a stud. I hope they re-sign him, but I, I just don't know if he's in their future plans here, unfortunately. Um, I'd like to think that he is, but one never knows. Uh, you know, I, I've had that happen to my leg before. It's not fun. Um, it halts progression, and it's it, the minute it happens, you start feeling old because you're a little bit more creaky. So hopefully Matt can get healthy and get back on the field, and whether he's here or wherever he is next year, he's going to be a great asset. Uh, I thought that Houston and Denver played pretty equal all game, honestly. I thought that the Broncos had a ton of opportunities to win. It comes back to coaching. Vance chasing points at the end of the first half um, and and trying a 62-yard field goal, not understanding that they get the ball where he kicked it from, not the line of scrimmage. Houston ran one fucking play, and they were in field goal range, and now it's flipped. Instead of being, you know, Instead of having three points, you gave them three points and lost by two. Uh, and then at the end of the game, instead of trying to be aggressive and go get more yardage, whether that's a quarterback run or, you know, a screen or a quick throw, whatever it is, you just run it vanilla. We get a TFL. So, you know, the argument is, well, he didn't want to expose his quarterback and offensive line to that pass rush. It doesn't matter because you exposed him in the running game and gave up a TFL that moved you back two more yards to the right even. So now you're on the right hash instead of the middle of the field. He misses it right. If it was in the middle of the field, it would have gone through the uprights and he would have made it from that distance. So you lost two yards and then you were on the hash. It just it, it seems like Vance is outsmarting himself um, and the pressure is starting to get to him because he's making calls that he usually wouldn't make. He's not that kind of guy. He's Mr. Conservative. He's not going to go out there and chase fucking points. Um, the defense played hard again. I think Chubb and Vaughn and, and Wolf and everybody played their balls off, and I, I like their effort. But at the same time, the mistakes they made are one of the reasons we lost. Miscommunication in the back end, uh, getting, getting, not being able to get home against a slippery quarterback like Watson. And what did I say last week on the show? I said, I'm not worried about Watson running the football. I'm worried about Watson extending the play and being slippery and not being able to keep him in the pocket. And that's what he did to us all game. Yeah, he holds the shit out of the ball, but Case Keenum holds the shit out of the ball too. But Case holds the ball and, and stands in one spot. Watson holds the ball and moves all over the damn place and gets guys open with his movement. And then all of a sudden, the cover one and the cover zero that you see, it becomes a huge problem because you're in chase and trail position as a, as a uh, defensive player. And that's not where you want to be, man. That's not where you want to be against, against DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> and Demarius fucking Thomas. I'm sorry, it's just not. So I'd like to think that the Broncos can, can recover from all this, that they can learn from it. I don't know if they can or not. I don't know if Denver is set to go out and just take over. I don't know if they can go out and, and, and turn this into a winning streak. I mean, they're good at losing streaks. I don't know how good they are at winning streaks. I mean, shit, man. It, it, it seems to me like there needs to be some big-time decisions made, and it's not from the coaching staff. It's from the front office. So I can't believe they didn't fire Vance. It is what it is. We'll see what happens moving forward. Um, 
Demarius getting him involved, I, right when they motioned him to the three-by-one set and he stopped, I knew they were running a screenplay. He's captain screenplay. It's amazing to me that the defense didn't know that was the first thing they were going to do with him. Um, and then the, the post route on the backside, uh, oh, you know, on one-on-one coverage was awesome too, even though you know, he split the corner and the safety and caught the ball in the pocket and had a huge gain. I'd like to see Demarius doing well. I would have loved for him to be doing that exact same thing in orange and blue instead of red and blue. I mean, I, where was that Demarius the whole season? I didn't see him dropping the ball. He seemed a lot more engaged with that football team than he did with the Broncos. So that, that sucks. And then on top of that, man, I know Bill O'Brien said he didn't say it, but, dude, everybody can fucking see you saying, good job, Vance, you dumb fuck. And you know what? You don't need to apologize for it. It was super fucking dumb what he did. And you know what? If the, if the opposing coach is running off the field yelling, good job, Vance, you dumb fuck, that might be the first indication that you may want to move on. The respect level for the other head coaches in the NFL isn't very good. Bill O'Brien is about as, uh, as raw as you get. He's not afraid to let you know how he feels. A lot of people have considered him quite an asshole. But he's a pretty good coach. He's gotten to the playoffs with TJ fucking Yates and shit, so he's not a bad football coach. He's made a, he's made a whole lot of uh, uh, playoff runs out of some horseshit quarterbacks down there in Houston with a good defense. I don't know why Denver can't figure out how to do it here. So, you know, when he's running off the field clapping his hands and going, yeah, good job, Vance, you dumb fuck. That's not good, man. That's how they feel about your head coach here in the Mile High City around the NFL, folks. That's how they feel. And whether it's the nicest coach in the world, Jason Garrett, who's going to do nothing but smile and, and look like a mannequin and just agree, 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 and praise the owner and never say anything negative about anybody, to Bill O'Brien, who's blatantly out there yelling, good job, Vance, you dumb fuck. That's how they feel. And that's not a good thing for the Denver Broncos. So I don't know what you're going to do here, Mr. Elway, Matt Russell, Joe Ellis. you got a lot of decisions to make, man. But I know that it's not good. So you better, you better figure this shit out quick because the Broncos country is fed up, man. And look, do I think Broncos country is a little spoiled? Yeah, but I also think sports is about winning. So you can't expect everybody to just accept losing and horseshit like this when all you say is we're committed to winning and excellence and bringing championships here to Denver and that's what we're trying to do. You can't expect people to, ex- to accept this kind of shit uh, for the last three years. With a championship ca- with championship caliber players, I don't think that they're championship caliber defense at all anymore. I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do the right thing and to get the people in the city behind you again and get some positive feeling behind the Broncos. But every time that opportunity arises, John Elway doesn't take it. So if he's letting Vance hold the plate for the rest of the season, I have to think that John is trying to suck for a first pick, too, without saying it. And the fastest way to ensure you're going to get the first pick is to keep VJ as the coach because he's shown that he's going to lose you more games than win you. And I hate to say that. I love Vance. He's my guy. I know he's not going to listen anyway because he doesn't listen to the media, which is probably a good thing these days. Um, But, uh, you know, VJ, I love you, bro, but it's just not working. It's time to go be a DC somewhere else, and maybe round two will work better for you like it it may work for josh mcdaniels down the road his first trip in denver didn't work very well either i'm not saying vance can't coach but it is what it is all right so the broncos have a bye week um we're going to take a little bit of a bye too uh i'm going to do a recruiting show 
about the state of Colorado recruiting and some of the high school kids in the state that are elite, where they're going, and my overall thoughts on everything college football related in the state and college football recruiting related in the state, so on and so forth, and some of the some of the struggles that you know Colorado and Colorado State have and Air Force have, and then also some of the things that they do to themselves to uh, to keep kids from going there, in my opinion. So we'll talk about that later in the week. So uh, if you're interested in something like that, keep your ear, uh, keep your ear to the ground because that's what we're going to be doing on McChesney Unchained on the BSN Denver Podcast Network later in the week as the Broncos have a bye. All right, so the NFL's wrapped up, the Broncos are wrapped up, and that is what it is. Um, big thanks to NeuroXPF again for the NFL wrap. All right, so the Buffs, man, the Buffs. The 5-4 and four Colorado Buffaloes go down and lose in Arizona, 42-34. Um, they start the game 10-0 and then give up 26 goddamn points in the second quarter. Um, last week, they gave up 24 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I'm very, I'm disgruntled. Don't get me wrong. I'm pissed off about this. But, but, um, you know, it, in 2004, I was a part of a team that, I was a captain on a team that started 3-0, and and then over the next five weeks went 1-4 and and lost to Oklahoma State bad and lost to Texas bad at home. And we were four and four, and everybody's telling us we can't play, and you know Barnett should get fired, and blah 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 blah. And we went on a run, and we won we won three in a row. And I know the North was down that year, but who gives a shit? We won three in a row, including a win in Lincoln, um, to to keep them out of a bowl game for the first time in God knows how long. And then, you know, playing the Big Twelve title game, and then won a bowl game, and finished the year on a four and one run, and finished eight and five. And and Coach Barnett was the the Big 12 Coach of the Year, and things were on the up. And next year, I think it helped the team move into a 7-2 and two start before they fell apart and things went south and then the Dan Hawkins era started. I'm just saying this because I'm telling you, Buffalo country, Buffalo nation, they, they can rebound. They, the team that started 5-0 and oh is still in there. I don't know what happened. I don't know why the kids don't believe they can win anymore or if there's a disconnect between the coaches and the players. I don't know. But I know that they need your support. I know that they need you to show up and show out Saturday when they play Washington State. Washington State just lost at home to Cal. I don't want to hear about how good they are. Nobody in the Pac-12 is any good. Everybody's average and beating the shit out of each other. Everyone. I mean, there's no elite team in the Pac-12. Washington State being ranked 11th doesn't say anything to me. The Buffs can go in and beat the shit out of Washington State. They're not the 11th best team in the country. There's no fucking way. They can beat Utah at home, and they can go on the road and beat Cal. And then all three of those teams can beat us too. So what's going to be the difference? What's going to be the, the, the break here? Is it going to be consistency on the offensive line? Why are we rotating guys each and every play? Why can't we just find five guys up front that want to play? And if you're really going to rotate guys, when is Hunter Vaughn going to get his opportunity? When is Heston Page going to get his opportunity? When is Jake Moretti going to really get his opportunity? When are you going to actually give everybody an opportunity to see if they can play instead of just rotating the same five guys that at different positions? And then how does that work? Where's the continuity up front and consistency with the calls and who's your leader up front? Is it Hagler? I like Aaron. I think he's a good player, but, man, he's going from right tackle to left tackle to guard to guard. To, I mean, the only thing he hasn't done is play center. It seems to me that when LaVisca Chanel got hurt, this team went in the tank. And I, I, it's shocking to me because the team I saw in the first two and a half quarters of Oregon State, 
that looked like the te- a, a really good, effective, happy, you know, football team that loved each other and wanted to play hard for each other. The team I saw in the fourth quarter and the team I saw in Arizona looks like a team in the early McIntyre era that doesn't believe in themselves and doesn't think they can win. Do I think Coach Mack needs to lose his job? Not yet. Nope, not yet. I'm not going to get on that bandwagon. Do I think he's going to if they keep losing? Shit, yeah. If they lose this weekend at home and Washington State and Mike Leach comes out there and runs it up on them, yeah, I think that you could have a lot of clamoring, especially if people leave Folsom early and it's ugly. Then, yeah, I think Rick George is forced into making the decision. Maybe promoting Darren Shiverini, which I- I'm not saying that's a good thing, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not really in the uh, mindset of losing Shiv to another team. I think he's one of the best young coaches in, in football, regardless of what you think about offensive play calling. I don't give a shit. There's three people involved with that, Clayton Adams, Shivery, and Coach Mack. Everybody's trying to work together. I think there might be too many cooks in the kitchen, honestly. So I think Shiverini might be the future of the head coaching position at CU, but one never knows. I don't know what's going through Rick George's head. I know that he doesn't like losing, and losing four in a row after starting 5-0 and is not a good look. So, you know, the, the pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to, to the timid or the weak, and right now we are playing timid and we look weak, and I don't like it. It's pissing me off. That said, I'm never going to turn on my boys. I love that place. And I think that they have the ability to win three in a row and go eight and five and go to a bowl game and finish this year on a high note. I really, truly believe that. So get out there and support your team. Now, there's some things that need to change. Number one, you've got to find five guys in the offensive line and keep them there the whole game and see if you can run the football at people. Number two, start running the football at people. If Montez and your passing game, you know, it's really, really good. No one's saying it's not. But support 12 a little bit, help them out a little bit by running the football a little bit more consistently and holding it more and keeping your defense off the field. I'm sure Worthington will be back next week with a fury. I know he got a concussion the other night and knocked him out of the game, and it hurt us because, the, the, you know, Arizona was moving up and down the field on us. The defense has got to find a way to stop the bleeding because since the fourth quarter of the Oregon State game, there, whatever the blueprint was in that Oregon State fourth quarter, whatever, you know, uh, Brian Lindgren saw and that new quarterback he put in and then whatever uh, someone saw and Khalil Tate took advantage of on Friday night, it's there. And Washington State sees it, and Washington State is the premier team on taking advantage of space and motions, and Max Borgie's coming back to, to Boulder, and he was committed to CU, the Pomona product, outstanding and amazing player. Watch him. He's going to be all over the field on Saturday. I guarantee you they're going to try and feature him because they got another kid from Pomona, Billy Papasil, that they're taking out of Colorado this year as well. So, you know, Washington State's invading Colorado and taking some of their best skill players. This is something we're going to talk about later in the week when we do the recruiting edition um, uh, of BSN McChesney Unchained because it's something that really pisses me off. And we'll talk about it later in the week. Trust me, that's going to be the bi week show. Um, so, can the, can the Buffs turn this around? Yes, I think they can. And I think it's imperative that they do because I still think they're a year away. I think next year's team is the one that's a 10 or 11 win team if they can figure out how to, a way to win these games. Win two of them out of the three and go seven and six and get to a bowl game and get those extra practices and go win a bowl game, be eight and six and move forward. I, or eight and five. And I'm not telling you that's what I want. I want them to win out. I don't ever want them to lose, but... 
They've got to find something to build on moving forward into the offseason so they can use some of this positive momentum moving forward. Yeah, they won five in a row, and then they lost four in a row. So they're streaky. So start a new streak. End it. Put your foot down and end it. Who's the leader on the team that's going to make sure everybody does everything right when your backs are against the wall? I'm not trying to gloat, but that was me in 04. I stood up and told everybody I want some more fucking jewelry. We're going to win the North. We're going to win out, and we're going to go play for the Big 12 title. Now, we got our ass kicked in the game, but God damn it, we won out. Guys bought in. We stopped feeling sorry for ourselves pretty fucking quick, and we moved forward and started kicking the shit out of people. And we wanted to finish strong for the, for the name on the front of our jerseys and for the name on the back and for that emblem on the side of our helmet. So stand shoulder to shoulder and fight for each other and realize that the 11 next to Washington State, that's not real. They are not the 11th best team in the country. There's no fucking way. Utah is not as good as they thought they were. Cal is not as good as they thought they are or they think they are. You're not as good as you think they are or you thought you were. Jesus nobody's as good as they think they are and nobody's as bad as they think they are either so figure it out okay it has to be figured out one never knows so that said (sighs) looking at you know the 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 finish of the season washington state utah at home and then at cal three winnable games but also three losable games so we'll see what happens here with the buffs uh, I'm pretty fired up about this. I'm trying to stay as positive as possible until I have to be negative. And trust me, if they lose five in a row, I'm going to go fucking nuts. The last time I did that, it went really well, too. Everybody was really happy with me. All right, so top four, uh, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan. Honestly, after watching Alabama dismantle LSU 29 to nothing, I think it's Bama, Clemson, and everybody else. I think Notre Dame and Michigan would get shit-stomped by both of those football teams. I think Clemson might have a hard time keeping up with Alabama, too. Um, Alabama's in. You know, they play Georgia in the SEC title game. Georgia can beat Alabama and then ensure that Georgia and Alabama are in. All they're going to do is knock out Notre Dame or Michigan. Um, I, I really am I'm tired of the playoff already because... It's not a if you win your conference, you're in. If you do, if you win, you're in. It's an eye test now, and that sucks. That's not what I thought we were signing up for, but whatever. I mean, it, it's it kind of takes the you know play the game on the field and let's see who wins outcome out of it. But the BCS did that too, so I don't know how you fix that. But I know that Alabama is really good. Um, I I do not think they could beat the worst team in football. And if you think that Alabama could beat the best NFL team, you're a fucking moron and you have no say. So shut up. Uh, That's not happening. They're a bunch of children, retrospectively, to the grown men in the NFL. But they are good. Um, I think that they're head and shoulders better than anybody in the college football ranks other than Clemson. I think Clemson could could play with Alabama. And Clemson's not afraid of Alabama. Dabo Sweeney's not afraid of Alabama. He played there. He knows what it is. And I, I think that that's the one team that Nick Saban doesn't want to see. And hopefully they're on, hopefully they're one and two in the playoff so they don't play each other until the final. Because last year they played each other in the semifinal. And honestly, yeah, I thought Georgia-Alabama was a good game, but I thought Clemson would have beaten Alabama uh, in, in the final. They didn't beat them in the semifinal. I know that makes no sense. But I think if Clemson plays Georgia and – Alabama plays Oklahoma. I think you get Clemson, Alabama in the final, and I think there's a little bit more motivation for Clemson. I don't know. Who knows? Um, 
College football is awesome. It, it's about to get really interesting. A lot of the conference championships are set already. You're hearing a lot of rumblings for coaches getting fired, you know, this, that, and the other. College football recruiting's uh, heating up. Uh, I know it's heating up in here at 6 Zero Strength. Um, we got a lot of guys on visits all around the country this weekend from, uh, from Aiden and Trey up at Ohio State to Garrett Beckham at, at UNLV to – guys that were just all over the country uh, getting recruited this weekend. Hats off to you guys. And then, you know, for all the guys that are going out this weekend, congratulations. For all the guys getting offered, congratulations. That's why we do this in here. That's why we grind. All right, so <clears throat> we're going to leave you on that, okay? Uh, you know, Buffs, Broncos, a little college football talk. Uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, thank you to Wearbands. Remember to go on to wearbands.com. And uh, use the promo code 6020, and they'll give you 20% discount on your wear bands. Uh, the wear band systems are utilized big time here at 60 for force production off the floor and lateral athletes. It's an incredible product. I guarantee you uh, it will not let you down. Check them out. Uh, thank you to NeuroXPF.com for all you do for the show and, and to, uh, to keep everybody in the Dungeon family uh, healthy with the CBD-based recovery products, the tip of the spear of sports medicine. I am Matt McChesney. This is McChesney Unchained, episode 16. Uh, it's a bye week for the Broncos, but the Buffs have a big one on Saturday. And uh, we're going to bring you a little college football recruiting show later in the week. And we'll also talk about Buffs and Cougars and how the Buffs can get a huge win at home and right the ship. This is McChesney Unchained, episode 16 on the BSN Denver Podcast Network, coming to you from 6-0 Studios at 6-0 Strength and Fitness. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Thanks, folks. We're out. <laughs>